is the 13th of July, 1986. They say that living with privilege is difficult. It isn't. Shunning that privilege is maybe a little bit tougher. Being heir to a huge fortune has never been a barrier to getting into your particular chosen profession. In fact, it's usually a huge bonus. Hundreds of millionaire dads with frustrated dreams of excitement and fame have paid for their kids to get into the industry. You're pretty sure your dad would never have given you the money for this. After all, you're John Colum Crichton Stewart, the Earl of Dumfries, first in line to one of the richest hereditary fortunes in the United Kingdom. Sport was the plaything of the nobility. It was never something to be seriously pursued. You had friends at Ampleforth College, an incredibly exclusive boarding school, who excelled at polo, rugger, rowing, all the usual stuff. But your obsession lay elsewhere. You dropped out of school, much to your parents' chagrin, because John Colum Crichton Stewart didn't want to follow in his father's footsteps. He wanted to drive. He wanted to make it to Formula One. This is Scotland, a podcast about history and where we made it. I'm Michael Park. 13th of July 1986 was the British Grand Prix at Brands Hatch. You start the race sandwiched between fellow British drivers Derek Warwick and Martin Brundle. But there you are, salt iron blazoned across your helmet, seven places behind your teammate, Ayrton Senna. The race had to be restarted when another driver crashed headlong into a barrier, breaking both his legs. It didn't take much to remind you of the risks when you were hitting corners at nearly 100 miles per hour. Lap 1. Out of the final corner, down the pit straight into the tightening bend at Paddock Hill. Keep your eyes out for cars, diving down the inside. This was where the accident happened. 26 drivers started the race. Only 9 would finish it. Carry as much speed as you can through the rise and into Druids, the viciously tight hairpin that takes you towards Surtees and into the long run down Pilgrim's Drop, where the car hits its top speed, over 200 miles per hour of internal combustion and highly flammable fuel contained in a little carbon fibre shell emblazoned with cigarette advertising. Make a mistake, that could be it. You feel your hands grip the wheel tighter, the g-force makes it feel like you're a couple of inches below where your body actually is, driving this Lotus is like an out-of-body experience. No one knows you as John Colum Crichton Stewart here. Nobody calls you the Earl of Dumfries or the future Marquis of Butte. Everybody knows fine who you are. Not that you're exactly parading it around the paddock, but they know you as Johnny Dumfries, the kid who got a job driving a van for one of the team and then worked as a painter and decorator to scrape together enough money to go racing in the lower formulas. You touch the apex at Stirling. Carrying a load of speed into the corner, you feel the car twitch horribly underneath you. But you pull it back. You're here because Senna didn't want a competitive teammate. He wanted someone who would be a pure number two. You don't care. You're here. You're racing in your first British Grand Prix. If it's your last time too, for whatever reason, then so be it. Through clearways, round the Clark curve, 
one more lap down, only 73 to go. You finish the race, 7th of the 26 starters. The fact that only 9 finished it is by the bye. You go on to score a few more points throughout the rest of the year, but Lotus quietly let you go at the end of the season. The Formula 1 dream is over. But hell, at least you did it. You got there. You tested yourself against the best drivers in the world, and you did it on your own merits, without using your family's money. Influence? Maybe, but money? No. But there are other cars out there. Other races. Other glories. It's been a long time since you've tasted victory. If you're enjoying Scotland and you want to help us out, give us a little rating and review on your podcast app of choice. You've no idea how much it helps people find the show, because neither do we, but we're told that it's really important, so please help us out. And if you want to support us financially, you can get loads more from Scotland on our Patreon. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Scotland History Podcast and support us for as little as $2 per month. Enjoy the rest of the show. It is 1988. Formula One might be gone. A lazier narrator might say that it's in your rearview mirrors as you cross the line in your biggest race yet. Between you and your two teammates, Jan Lammers and Andy Wallace, you've just driven 3,313.8 miles over 24 hours. That's roughly the equivalent of driving from Edinburgh to Damascus in a day. The superpowered Jaguar you drove to victory is stuck in fourth gear as Lammers brings it home across the line, finishing just under a lap ahead of the previously dominant Porsches. Jaguar were back on top, and Johnny Dumfries had just won the most prestigious race in the world, the 24-hour of Le Mans. You're on the top step of the podium again, covered in champagne, bedecked in a wreath of flowers. By 1990, Johnny Dumfries had disappeared, retiring from racing to run the family's many businesses. With his father passing on, Johnny ascended to the Marquisate of Butte and became one of the richest men in the nation in 1993. Known as a reluctant aristocrat, it must be tough. He began the process of selling many of his holdings to both private investors and the communities around them as soon as he could. It's said that he doesn't have much interest in the dynasty of his family and still prefers that people call him John Butte or just Johnny. But in 2020, the Marquis of Butte was, along with his family, charged with breaching COVID-19 travel restrictions by travelling from London to his home at Mount Stewart near Rothsey. His daughter put the trip on Instagram stories. They say that living with privilege is difficult, even for the reluctant gentry. Apparently not. You've been listening to Scotland. It was written and produced by me, Michael Park, and is a production of Be Quiet Media. The music for every episode of Scotland is by the human screaming V10 turbocharged man, Mitch Bain. You can check out more of his work at mitchbain.bequiet.media. Jamie Mowat does stunning illustrations for us, which you can see in our episode art. See more and buy prints at Tidlin, T-I-D-L-I-N dot com. Scotland is supported by Chris Lingwood, Scott McCubbin, and listeners like you on Patreon. 
You can get loads more from us for as little as $2 a month at patreon.com forward slash Scotland History Podcast. You can find out more about the show on our website, scotlandpodcast.net, and we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us by searching Scotland, a Scottish history podcast. Thanks for listening. Look after one another. Wear your mask. We'll see you next time.